This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 114. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with the big guy, Mr. Brandon Turner. What up, Brandon? Hey, this is the big guy. Isn't, isn't that Vince <laughs> that would, Vaughn's name on like uh, Wedding Crashers? I think that's what he always called. Owen Wilson always calls him the big guy. Anyway, ah, whatever. It's like whatever. Anyway, all right. Anyway, so uh, how you doing? What's new? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was thinking uh, I could use a vacation. Oh yeah, good for you. <laughs> I haven't you haven't you taken like you know twenty since you started working here, and I, I've taken how many? I'm you, just asking. I'm I, just asking. I I I don't know. I don't know whose fault that is. Uh, let's get the audience to to chime in. Raise your hand if you think that's Josh's fault. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you hear the rush of hands rising? <laughs> Hey, listen, yeah. I when this when this podcast comes out, I will be vacationing. <clears throat> That's true in Phoenix, Arizona. I will. I'm going down to Arizona for three days to hang out with some of my buddies, watch some baseball games. I'm still going to be working, but uh, you know, I'll be away. You should. You and should now. try not. You should try not to. Again, everyone, raise your hand if you think you want Josh to not work. <laughs> Look at everyone is raising their hands wow. right now in their cars. Thanks, guys. And, yeah, Thank yeah, you. we're supportive. Thank anyway, you. well, the reason I the reason I wanted to bring up vacation is because today we are talking about vacation rentals. So uh, oh, you know, see so that connection? Smart. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, but we're talking about the other side of it, not going. What? Not what? 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 Did huh? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the rental side of owning them, not going on vacation, but you know, it's, I, I, I grasp for, you know, connections where I can. So yeah, we are going to be talking about owning vacation rentals and, uh, kind of how to, how to find them, how to manage them, how to build a solid business that caters to people's vacation needs should be fun. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, before we, before we get into it, why don't we get to today's quick tip? tip. All right. All right. You want to do it? Today's quick tip. You got it. Who wants it? I'll take it. I'll take, take it. it. Raise your hand All if you right, want to. Today's drug. quick tip. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. No. Okay. Today's quick tip. <laughs> what? Be prepared for an upcoming entirely new podcast from Bigger Pockets. That's all we're going to say about it now. But the next few weeks, we've got something exciting coming. Not just the main Bigger Pockets podcast, but we've got a new show coming. I think you guys are going to love it. With that, why don't we get to today's trivia? trivia. <laughs> all right, today's trivia. Last week's show, we talked with we talked with Jay Papazon, the co-author of The Millionaire Real Estate Investor and The One Thing, one of my favorite books ever. In this discussion, we talked about how The One Thing contains an analogy to a very popular game that uh, is actually played differently than, I mean, people play it in two different ways, if that makes sense, right? So the question is, you know, what game is it? That's your question. That's the trivia. What game is it that the analogy, uh, the one thing is based kind of upon? If you think you know, send an email to trivia at biggerpockets.com for your chance to win the digital version of the book on invest in real estate with no and low money down, the world's there greatest you know. book. So. <laughs> anyway. Let's get to the interview. Today, we're sitting down with Scott. Sutherland, a broker and investor from down in Austin, Texas. Scott's going to share a story on how he got started in real estate and how he's been able to use vacation rentals to build his portfolio. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. 
Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. With that, why don't we get to the show? All right, Scott, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about a few different things, but before we get into that, uh, maybe we can just touch on your story, kind of get a background of what you do and where you, uh, where you're investing, where you're from, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, kind of give us a background on you. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, uh, a broker here in Austin, Texas. Uh, the way it all started was way back in, uh, 2008, I was, I was working in the construction equipment industry and had been doing that for about 15 years in the corporate world. And, decided that I needed something new and I took a year off and went on a bit of a walkabout sabbatical. And during that time, I decided that real estate made a lot of sense for me from my background and my interests in construction. And so when I came back, I started out by getting my real estate license with the idea that I would work with and help other investors to find investment property and also work into becoming an investor myself. So that was that's where it all began here about uh, six or seven years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Nice. Very cool. So you say, did you say, either I heard you say this or I just remember it from your notes, but you took a year off to do a walkabout, is that what you said? I did. I, I decided awesome. it was two, 2008, and um, I, if you remember 2008, the, the economy was terrible. And uh, I felt like it was just kind of selfish of me to uh, hold on to a job I didn't like when so many other people wanted it. So I uh, took the year off and started by riding my mountain bike from Canada to Mexico over the Shut the, uh, up. Yeah, over the wow. top of the Rockies. So, wow. So yeah, that's, uh, that was a self-supported trip. Took a couple months. And then uh, once I got to Mexico, I came back and then went to South America for about three months and took some time off and just hey, uh, tried to... I walked barefoot across the Sahara, man. I mean, whatever, you know, you're trying to one up people. You're not going to get there. Okay? I know. I mean, just keep I know. trying, it's not a comp- keep trying. It's not a competition. Uh, I just thought I'd give my job away because I'm a philanthropist. I, I, you know, walk barefoot on glass across the world. Yeah, whatever, man. You know, we don't buy it. We don't buy I, it. I understand. That's fair. Um, we, at the end, at the end of the trip, I, I thought, I'd always thought that I wanted to do, uh, become a financial advisor and I, I had a background in finance and, and, and I thought that would be a good fit. But I, one of my, one of my professors in our portfolio theory class after, after many, many classes uh, of technical analysis, one of the students asked him, said, so what do you put your money in? And he said, uh, index funds, you can't predict this stuff. So at, at that point, I realized that there wasn't, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of value to be added by picking stocks or, or rebalancing portfolios. And when, when the opportunity came up to be involved in local real estate, it, it seemed like the first chance to actually take control of the situation and actually gain knowledge that puts you in a position to make decisions, you know, the, the arbitrage, the, the local knowledge, the things that allow you to create wealth by being a little better than the next guy exist in real estate where they don't exist in stock investing. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's one of the biggest things that we talk about is the, um, the idea of control. You know, with real estate, you have far more control. Whereas on these other things, you know, you're at the hands of other people completely uh, with, with real estate, you know, you can, you're still at the hands of other people in that, you know, you have tenants that, you know, can do things in the market. 
make certain determinations. But if you go in, make right buying decisions, make improvements, things like that, you can really affect stuff. By the way, I gave you a lot of crap about what you did and <laughs> I'm like wicked impressed and totally want to be you. I'm like jealous as all hell. So, you know, you know, take my giving you grief as, as complete and utter jealousy. Fair enough. I <laughs> Awesome. So, so how did you go from where you were to become, you know, this vacation rental guy? How did, how did that transition happen? Okay. So we started out in, in long-term buy and hold, finding homes that were beat up and, and needed some improvement. And we put tenants in them and we created cash flows. And back in 2008 and 2009, it was a terrific time to do that. The you know, we were seeing levered returns of 30 plus percent, which is just fantastic. And yeah. Austin wasn't quite the uh, super hot town that it is today, even just, you know, five or six years ago. So we were, we were going down that path. The returns were excellent. Uh, it's a very, was a very low risk and low, you know, passive. It's a very passive endeavor. So that's how we, we, it all began was uh, through the kind of the creation of a, of a long-term rental portfolio. Then as things Evolved, the returns started to get squeezed out as prices came up and, and rental rates stabilized and the construction started to catch on. So we were looking for ways to generate additional uh, cash flows from properties that wouldn't traditionally cash flow. Uh, so what actually happened, my wife and I had purchased a foreclosure duplex in, in near downtown Austin and we're living in it and renting the other side. And, and we, uh, we went off for, for a 40th birthday party for me in, in Colorado with a group of friends. And on the way back from the driving home from Colorado, we, uh, uh, my wife looked at me and she said, you know, she said, I was looking at that house we were staying in for your birthday. And, and I, I get it. I see what they're doing. It's, it's really not that complicated. Uh, I think we can do that when we get home. So on the way home from my birthday, we, we hatched a plan and two days or sorry, two weeks later, we had the house uh, prepped, photographed, and I was off uh, shopping for an RV so we would have a place to live. Nice. Wow. nice. Right. So really quick, you, you talked about uh, properties that don't traditionally cash flow. What did you mean by that exactly? Well, you know, what you'll find is that the best cash flowing properties are typically the ones that, that cost the least. Uh, there's, there's this kind of delicate ratio where if, if you buy a house in a really rough part of town that's no one wants to live in, you, you deal with all kinds of tenant headaches and the cost of collection, you know, yeah. t- the time involvement when you compare it to the amount of income you're generating doesn't quite make sense. So you, you're trying to hit this sweet spot where you know, it's, a, it's a decent neighborhood, the rental rates are still good enough to make it worth your while. But as you move into the core of many cities like Austin or Denver or any other the uh, those those kind of hot and and up and coming towns. What you find is the there's no longer a linear relationship between the purchase price of the home and the and the rental rates. The rental rates start to flatten out, and as opposed at, and as a result, the ROI start to drop off. So, um, you know, everybody, a lot of people when they first come into real estate, they say, "Yeah, I'd love to have a cash flow rental property," and and it would be really great if it was in a cool location. And sometimes that's hard to achieve, but with vacation rentals. Uh, you can you almost have to buy in an area that is is cool to be because when people come to a town to visit and they choose to rent your house instead of staying at a hotel a lot of what they're looking for is access to your city and they yeah. they want to they want to be able to walk they want to be close to bars and restaurants and activities and festivals and things like that so the two marry up really well no, that makes sense this might be like you know a very basic question, but a lot of people might be wondering this. What exactly are we even talking about when we're talking about vacation rentals? Because the thought that most people have in their mind, of course, is, you know, house sitting on the beach in the sand and, you know, everyone's in white walking on the sand together, you know, in their white shirt and, and khaki pants. I don't know. Like, that's like the, that's like, the, you know, like, that that's how like, you dress when you go on the beach. I, that's like the, that's like the beach, like thing, right? Like I have a beach town near my house. It's called Seabrook. And like that, everybody wears like clothes like that and walks around this beach town, like, that's like what people I think envision a lot of times as a vacation rental. Is that what we're talking about here? It, it, it certainly can be. And I, there's a, a really strong vacation rental presence in all the coastal towns. But, you know, vacation rental and short-term rental, which are, are the same thing, used, you know, those words can be used interchangeably. It, it's, you know, it's a competitor to a hotel. And it's essentially any place that people rent fully furnished for short periods of time. And short could be a couple nights, just coming into the weekend. It could be weekly. 
Uh, we do uh, monthly rentals for a variety of, of uh, uh, situations. You know, when we first started, we were hitting the, the big events. You know, we, we knew that people would want to come here for uh, the Formula One car race. We knew they would want to come for uh, the music festivals. And what we didn't know is why would people come on just a random weekend? And, and what you learn is that any reason someone could stay in a hotel, they could stay in a, in a house. And there's a lot of advantages of staying in a, in a home over staying in a hotel. And I, and I think that's why there's a huge growth in the vacation rental piece of it because people are becoming more comfortable with staying in someone else's home and they like all the benefits of having a, a place where they can have you know, multiple groups of friends and multiple bedrooms and all be in the same place and have easy parking. And uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a litany of, of reasons. Sure. So, so, you know, I, I've got a piece of property I'm looking at and, and it's, you know, at a great part of a city and, and, you know, I can either go and, and rent this thing out over the long haul, you know, get a steady tenant who's going to be in there or I can go vacation rental route. I can't even say vacation rental route, and you know cater to to that audience. Now, without knowing much about this, I, you know I might say to myself, "Well, I got to deal with you know somebody who's here for three days. Then I got to turn it around. Somebody who's here another week, turn it around. I'm probably going to have vacancies in between. Then I got to do all this turnaround, the cleanup, you know, and it's kind of a headache." Yeah, you know the net. I'm assuming is going to be considerably higher than a long-term uh, rental, uh, but but the work that goes in seems to be a lot higher. And and I think people who are looking at these things, you know, a lot of them don't necessarily only want just a rental. They want the package that kind of comes with it. Hey, what are the cool places to eat nearby? What you know, uh, where do I hang out? What's the transportation like? You know, can you help me with this stuff? Almost like being an innkeeper. Um, sure. So those seem like kind of downsides. You know, higher workload type things. Tell us a little bit about all that stuff. Sure. You know, I mean, just just like investment property, there's you know, there's extremely passive opportunities, and there's opportunities that require more work. There's people who are handymen at heart who like to buy the properties that are banged up, and there's others that like to buy a turnkey property that is as as minimally involved as possible. There's no doubt that the short term rental is more time intensive. Yeah. But there's higher returns to be had from that, and there's ways to mitigate those things. You know, you can automate that process. There's some things you can do to, and it's scalable as, as you get more properties and you can, you can get your, your cleaning service coordinated. You can start to create a formula that works. Then it becomes a far more passive endeavor than, than it is in the beginning. My advice, if someone was, was thinking about getting into this, or they had some interest in this, if they have a home that's already in a desirable area, it'd be a great way to test it to just make their home a rental. And, and I think that kind of, there's people that freak out about that a little bit. They think, well, there's gonna be somebody in my house. And I can tell you, we've rented four different properties for about 200 nights a year a piece for four years. And we've never had any, any damage to speak of any more wow. than just a messy house. Wow. wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I know a couple people who, I know more about this than I'm asking, and I'm asking the questions because I know it's the audience wants to hear the questions. I've got uh, friends of mine in New York, in particular, who make uh, a lot of money. A lot of money. They they went from long term rentals to to vacation rental, and and they're doing exceptionally well with doing it. Uh, but you know, a, a cool strategy for starters that some people I know have tried out is this: when they go on vacation. They rent out their house, so I'm going to go to you know Orlando with my family. Well, during that period of you know a week, I'll use my home as a vacation rental, and I'll you know use one of the sites to to get it rented out and offset my costs, which uh, is a really cool strategy. Have Have you ever tried that before? Sure, we do. We actually do it all the time. We uh, we did this this Christmas in New York. We actually rented from someone in Chelsea, and then we rented our home back in Austin while we were gone. Uh, I mentioned before the the RV uh, piece of it. That was a personal decision. My wife and I had always talked about when we got older. One day we'd get an RV and travel around the country, and yep. and we thought, well, why not now? You know, rather than have to stay with friends or family or or you know book a hotel or you know come up with a place to go, you you always have a place to go. So it, we take paid vacations all the time. That's great. Yeah. 
You know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show actually is because, you know, the reason I put it out in the forums, in the Bigger Pockets forums, I just said, hey, does anybody have any experience in uh, vacation rentals? And you reached out to me and we started having a conversation, which just as a side note is one of the coolest things about the forum. So if people are not engaging in there, I mean, the conversations like this happen, not just on the podcast, but in real life, uh, because I want to buy a vacation rental. I mean, um, my wife and I went to Hawaii a few weeks back and we talked a lot about it then. And I don't know if we'll buy it in Hawaii, but just in general, I love that concept. So, you know, I, I like the idea also of of potentially moving somewhere. Maybe, you know, Josh would be happy if it's Denver, you know, like moving somewhere and then renting my current house here as a vacation rental and then coming back if I wanted to and then renting the other one as a vacation rental. Just like you said, when you leave town, it's almost like you're renting. You know what so. you should do, Brandon? What's that? Uh, we're, we're live, but I don't care. We're, we're going to talk about <laughs> this. Yeah, you own the two Nirvana houses. You own two of Kurt Cobain's houses. Sure. You should kick out your tenants and use those as vacation rentals. <laughs> and I, I, I thought about it, yeah. I guarantee you, if you like decorated that stuff with like, you know, Nirvana memorabilia yeah. and stuff like that, be like, hey, come stay in Kurt Cobain's house. I bet you there's thousands and thousands and thousands of fanboys and girls that would kill to go and stay there. I bet <laughs> You're probably think, right. And what I might do actually, kind of a like, sad story I guess my, my tenant in the back house like it's a little one bedroom house because there's two houses on one lot he lived in both of them when he was a baby and uh, anyway the lady in the back house is dying and that's actually a whole different conversation that we're dealing with right now is like not to sound like like I don't want to sound like insincere or whatever like it's very sad and she's my favorite tenant I'm very sad about it but from a business standpoint I don't know what to do because she's in a she's in a in a nursing home in a vegetable state now she has no family or friends nothing and the house is sitting empty with no rent coming in so it's an interesting like I'm not even I have a thing in the forum there's a conversation right now in the forums that people are helping me work through it but it's fascinating like I I've never even heard of anybody going through this issue before. Like, yeah. well, who do you talk to? I mean, there's no power of attorney. There's no nothing. Do I evict a lady who's on her deathbed? I don't you know. Son of a- I know, and I can't do that. <laughs> like, I, I won't do that. So, like, we just, month after month, we just lose rent, and I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, but, uh, Anyway, yeah, I, I've Sorry thought of that. That's the that's Scott. the Kurt Cobain house. So if she does pass, and if we get the house back, I probably will test that out and see what we can get. See if there's any interest on Airbnb or on a HomeAway. But so speaking of that, let's bring it back in. Can I ask you kind of like, I mean, what are the other benefits? Do you, do you have any other like, why own vacation rental? Is it just the money? Is it is that the only benefit, or or what else do you think? No, actually, you know, actually, obviously the money's the primary reason, but you know, there's been a lot of advantages. We've, we've met a lot of really cool people. You know, we, we become somewhat ambassadors to Austin and, and people look to us to be, to provide that customer service and that kind of, that concierge hosting role. So we're, we're there to, to make sure that people can get here and get settled quickly and enjoy their stay and, know how to get around and where to go. And we make suggestions and, you know, we try and add some touches to, to make their stay better. And it also, uh, it pays off in the, in the form of positive reviews, which in many of the rental sites, you know, reviews drive your rankings. They obviously drive people's uh, uh, impression of you and they will build your business going forward. So uh, that's been a, a big piece of it. The, the other, the other thing that's been nice is, We'll actually reinvest the money into upgrades to the home, and there's an immediate gratification for these upgrades because if you decide that you're going to use some of this to renovate your kitchen, you can take a photo of it the day after it's done. You can upload it to the site, and you can immediately increase your rents or increase your occupancy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we we use them a lot when we go to the mountains. It's uh, just a great path. You know, it's way cheaper than going to a hotel. You know, particularly when you have family in town and things like that. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's pretty. You know, it, it's very convenient. It's a great way to go. And frankly, I know I'm not alone. And I know Brandon and I always talk about this. Like, if we ever travel, we're like, oh man, you know, I wish I had a place there. Well, that's yeah. the dream, right? Like I, you know, if I go to California, I'd like that vacation rental in California, New York, and I go to, you know, Hawaii and, you know, hey, what if I had a portfolio of 25 vacation rentals that I'm Airbnb and I could travel around the world and stay in the, my favorite cities? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty cool ideal. It is. You know, my, my wife and I have actually talked about potentially purchasing vacation rentals in other towns. And what, what we've come to is that, you know, it, no one, no one can run it quite the way we do. You know, if you have a property manager running a property for you, they're going to, you know, no one looks after your money the same way you look after it. So we think we do a great job of providing excellent customer service and very clean 
well-organized homes at a very good rate. We think we really focus on trying to respond quickly to inquiries. And so what our plan has been, we feel like, you know, why pick the places that you want to travel to? Because those may change. Why not just create a a portfolio where you live and work and, and in a market you understand? And then as you travel, we always book and join the community by staying in vacation rentals as we go from town to town. But up to this point, we've decided that's a, a better strategy for us than, than you know, owning in multiple locations. And sense. financially, that makes sense. Too. I mean, if you're going to go and let's say you're going to go and take a vacation to Hawaii and you have a rental there that normally you rent out for 500 bucks a night and then you go stay in it for five nights. Well, you know, you might as well just then you don't get paid from your rental income. Right. So you might as well just pay to go stay somewhere else and not even have the vacation rental there necessarily. I mean, you know, there's benefits probably I mean, I'm guessing there's like tax benefits to going there to check out your property. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So that's kind of another thought is and that was actually one of my fire round questions for later was and maybe we'll just touch on it now. Like, should you buy it based on great locations or based on numbers? And I think, I think the numbers thing probably makes more sense. Yeah. I think they go, I think they go hand in hand and the numbers. Yeah. Is, is more important. You, you, you have to strike that balance between being in a, in a place people want to be, but not such a hot area that you, you force yourself to have to bring in, you know, huge numbers consistently in order to make money. Sure, so yeah. we, we tend to just like you would in a, if you were buying a property to rent, you know, we tend to look on on the fringe, you know, where where is the growth going? What is close to the hottest areas but still affordable because you have to strike that balance between, you know, acquisition price and rental rates. Yep. Hey hey really quick, you you had talked about doing rentals for more than, you know, uh, for months at a time and I can't, I can't seem to think about it. I've been trying to figure it out and I can't figure it out in my head. There's, there's some disadvantage to that. And I don't know what it is. I, I just can't think of it right now. Like, um, when, once you exceed 30 days and I know there was a big story in, uh, in the news a couple months back about, you know, something like that, an Airbnb and some woman, uh, so something's happened. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know yeah, I'm like yeah, not verbalizing that, yeah, she's, it. But. She's on BP. I was reading the story today, but I think that was a California story, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a lady. I think in California, it might have been like maybe she was from California. He was in Nevada, or they're both California. Yeah, and like he stayed forever and wouldn't leave, and they couldn't evict him, and it was just that's like what this, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That I remember that. You know, I, I guess this is where we, we we caution to understand the regulations you know, in your respective area and state, Texas is relatively landlord friendly. uh, So we don't run into those kind of things much. Now, Austin is a little bit more um, onerous when it comes to the local short-term rental regulations. And, you know, we also talked, touched on New York. New York actually has a restriction against, and it may just be Manhattan, but certainly Manhattan, against renting for periods under 30 days. So they lifted that. Did they recently? I know there was a whole bunch, you know, anybody listening, if you want to know, it's in the news, Google it. I seem to remember there was, I mean, I know because again, I I was sending my buddy all this stuff. I'm like, dude, be careful. They're they're going after everybody who's doing these short-term rentals. And then I seem to recall it being lifted. So, but yeah, you, you need to know, you need to know the local laws like you would with any kind of rental property. This is not a game. This is not something to be trifled with, right? Sure, sure. You know, the, uh, the 30-day rule for us, we really like the monthlies. The disadvantage to monthly rentals is that you're receiving less per night than you would. Typically, five nights equals a week and three weeks equals a month. So you might get, if you can fill it every weekend or every day, you, you're going to yield a much higher per night rate. The nice thing with the monthly is that you have 100% occupancy for that month. Also, in, in our area, there's no hotel tax collected for any stay over 30 days. So it's a win-win for both the tenant and the owner. Obviously, it's a lot less time intensive as well. Makes sense. So you're saying hotel tax. That's something I didn't even realize. Like If you have less than 30 days, you have to pay a tax. What is that tax in Austin? Tax in Austin, it's about 15%. Okay. So it's, it's a chunk. I mean, that's, that's bigger than my maintenance budget. So um, sure. what, what other expenses do you have to do? You have to take into account when you're have a vacation rental? You know, the big ones, and, and I, I, I'll contrast it to a traditional rental work that most people are familiar with. I mean, obviously you have all your, the same expenses as far as property taxes and, and, you know, your mortgage payment and whatever maintenance is involved, but you also have the utility piece that you don't normally have. So you have to not only provide electric water, sewer, uh, gas, but 
you can't forget about television and internet as well. Yes, correct. Okay. And then, and then the other thing you'll, you'll have is you'll have some consumable expenses, which is depending on the level. We, we keep it pretty simple. We'll usually put a bottle of wine on the counter and we'll throw some spices in the, in the kitchen. And, but of course you have to provide toilet paper and, and soaps and shampoos. And you have to think of this more like a hotel and what you would expect if you were checking into a hotel. Uh, and then the, the final piece of it is uh, cleaning, cleaning and make ready between. Wow. Okay. So, so what does that what does that amount to? You know, we we talk about the fifty percent rule on bigger pockets. You know, you what would you say total expenses are on on a vacation rental? Because you're adding in all the utilities mm-hmm. and 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 all this other stuff. We run about uh, all all total. Now, I'm not I'm not talking about the. We're running about thirty five percent of rents is is what we typically run. And that doesn't include any principal pay down, but it would include things like uh, property taxes. So that's that's the number that we pulled off of our tax return last year and just took a look at, you know, if you bring in $100,000, you might net out 65. Okay. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. So what... You know what? What makes a good vacation rental? I mean, does it matter if it's a condo or a single-family house? I mean, you know, is there? You know, you talked about proximity to festivals and things like that. You know, uh, you know, would proximity to a train and a house in the suburbs would that make for a, a good uh, um, vacation rental, or does it have to be really close to downtown, walkable to downtown? Uh, talk about that. 
Okay. Um, I, I think you do want to be, I mean, the reason that most of the hotels are located downtown is that's where most people want to stay. Uh, you can be on the fringe a little bit, but you still need to have, especially if you have a lot of traffic, you need to, to be in a place where people can get to and from the types of activities they want to attend. If you have things like lakes or oceans, then that's a totally separate market. Obviously, if you're on the beach, uh, sure. that's great. So, and if you're on the lake, that's great for as long as the lake is, you know, it's warm. It's, it's, so you have to consider that. We haven't done any, any lake rentals. We focus on the core because it's a year round business in Austin. Uh, if you, if you focus on areas where it's a really seasonal trend, then you'll, you'll, won't realize the revenues during those off periods. And that's a, that's something we should talk about is that a lot of areas are seasonal. They, they don't stay rented all year long. So somebody might think, Oh, I mean, you know, I'm going to buy this vacation rental up here on, you know, the beach in New York. And then I don't know. Is there a beach in New York? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm assuming. Really? That. Are you really asking? I mean, is, I mean, is there, is there is like it beach on the town? coast? Is there I mean, beach is town? it on the coast? <laughs> are they on the coast? <laughs> yes, it's on the coast. Are there like okay, beach so towns? Do, well, I mean, really? That's what I mean, like beaches. How the hell are you my co-host? <laughs> what kind of crap question is that? That's no, okay. ridiculous. Listen, is there a beach? Listen, it, beach is not the same is as ocean. Is there snow in Canada? Listen, I mean, beach what? is not the same as ocean. There is no beach south of me for quite hundreds of miles. There is ocean. <laughs> there's no beach, right? You don't go and stay there because it's just right. woods. Can, can you ask a real question? Yeah, please? the question is, what, I, mean, I mean, that's not even a question. That's a comment, right? So <laughs> <laughs> the comment is people should be aware that the fact that there's winter, there is seasons, there is times that things are more busy. And I love like, that you said about the obvious, core. Let's ask a question. All right. So the question is, uh, you know, I'm going to move on since you're being so mean to me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The question I actually have next here uh, is how do you market a vacation rental? I'm shifting gears quickly here. Where are going? Well down. done. Well played. How do you market a vacation rental? We market exclusively through HomeAway, VRBO, and Airbnb. HomeAway, VRBO.com, and HomeAway. And right. Airbnb. Airbnb. And, and, just, and Air, Airbnb, yeah. uh, HomeAway and, and VRBO are actually the same company now. Airbnb is separate and is a little stronger on the West Coast. I would guess that 90% of all vacation rental traffic in the U.S. goes through one of those three sites, and they're excellent for bringing in uh, visitors, and they also have really good tools for credit card processing and tracking and tax season, and, and we really, really have liked it. So, so what about the, the costs um, for, for posting on these places? And then is there, you know, you said one's better on the West Coast potentially. Are mm-hmm. there advantages to, say, putting it on one? Or, I mean, do you just go ahead and blanket all three of them? So the HomeAway side is a, is a pay per, it's an annual subscription. Okay. So you pay one time, it can range from $400 per property to $1,200 per property, depending on the, the package you choose. And Airbnb is a per booking, they just take a slice. So if I were getting started, I would start with Airbnb so I didn't have to pony up $1,000 and then decide that it wasn't for me. But once you start to do it in earnest full time, I would, I would be on all, all three of those sites. What about VRBO? Is the, what's the cost structure there? Oh, it's, it, once you're on HomeAway, it's, it's a, an adder. It's a, a, uh, a la carte for another $300 a year or something like okay. that. Okay. And in terms of traffic, I mean, do you know which has the most? Or, uh, I I think you have to see what happens in your local market. If if you're on the West Coast, I think you could probably get by with just Airbnb and stay pretty booked. Uh, we see a lot of HomeAway and VRBO until we start having West Coast attended events in Austin, and then we see a big spike in our Airbnb bookings. I'm actually sense. looking as we sense. talk. So it looks like if. I'm using the website Alexa to kind of get some numbers. It looks like um, Airbnb uh, followed by VRBO followed by HomeAway in terms of like you know traffic, but yeah, you know, those numbers aren't totally accurate. But yeah, probably. and it depends on where you're at, obviously. Yep, yep, so. yep. cool. All cool. right, so let's say you you got your you got your listing on there, you put it on there, and they submit a you know whatever an email or whatever their communication method is through that. How do you screen them? How do you pick a good tenant? Like, you know, tenant screening with, with rentals is one thing and that I'm very, you know, I harp on all the time, but how do you do that with a vacation rental? Sure, sure. Um, you know, we use a mix of phone conversations and social media to get a feel for why they're 
coming to Austin and, and what their plans are. And if we think they're going, you know, if they're a, a rock band and we think they're going to have 20 people in a house that's set up for six, then we might decide that maybe that's not a good fit. But in, and we, and we, we took a lot of deposits in our first year. We were taking, you know, 300 to a thousand dollars per stay and holding on to it and forwarding it back. And after so many times just returning, uh, we didn't keep a single deposit uh, for, for the first two years. We, we actually just stopped. We just figured, you know what, eventually something's going to happen. We have an insurance policy and, a, you know, for the home, we have a general liability policy that covers kind of everything, just a general umbrella. And uh, we just we just had really good luck with it. So if, if it does happen, it'll average out. So I, I've got two questions that come, come to mind. Uh, one, do you inventory everything in the property? So do you have photographs and, and you know, kind of itemized inventory? And, and is that something that you have the turnover people kind of look for each time? Sure. Um, when we first prepare a house, we get it set up and we, we have professional photography coming or ha- have it done, which I highly recommend if you're, if you're going to do this right, pay the $150, have a professional photographer come out, get the lighting right, really shine the place up because it drives a, a it's a huge driver of your traffic. Uh, at the same time when we do that, we'll go ahead and bring our cleaning and prep people through and explain to them how everything's supposed to look. Here's where the spices go. Here's how the towels are wrapped. We try and be really consistent with that, with that uh, outcome. Now, as far as inventory, there's not a lot in the house of value per se. I'm, I don't worry about people running off with a couch. Yeah. The, you know, there, there, there's a TV or two, but LCD TVs aren't terribly expensive. And the other nice thing about these sites as opposed to say, trying just doing like a Craigslist ad is, People have profiles. People have to sign up. If someone were to to do something malicious, then they would likely be found out. There'd be a way to track that. So um, everyone's pretty been much been on their best behavior. That's great. That's great. And my my other question, uh, you, you had talked about. We talked about tenant screening or screening renter screening. Um, y- you know, what about the concept of the discrimination? Right. I mean, yeah. Mm. I, I, is there? You know, I don't want a guy or you know with tattoos on his face necessarily renting out my house uh i i don't you know do do the same things kind of come into mind with the vacation rentals um sure absolutely okay yeah i mean you you have to consider anyone who's a protected class and obviously you can't discriminate on anyone based upon you know age sex race right um tattoo on the face you can though right but tattoos are not a protected (laughs) class nor You know, you can you can discriminate against pets. They're not a protected class. So uh, that being said, we're we're very pet friendly, and we think that's one of the reasons people choose to stay at a house. So as opposed to a hotel, because people who travel with pets ha- constantly have issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. Cool. So l- let's let's talk about the actual operations of the rental. Um, is there is there some kind of lease? I mean, I'm assuming no. It's just through the rental site. You know, how do they get the keys? What is the kind of move in and move out situation? Sure, there's there is a rental agreement that you can that you can write draft up your own rental agreement and add it to the documentation with the site so that when they accept the rental, they also accept the rental agreement. So if you have any house rules, you can tie those in. Uh, we also create a manual for each property. And the manual is, you know, uh, don't smoke in the house. Uh, here's the internet password. It's, it's, it's a mix of rules and, and also helpful, helpful tips for people to enjoy their stay. As far as the, uh, uh, what was, I'm sorry, what was the other question, John? Just the move in, move out process right. and getting the key. How do they get their, the, the key? What we do is once, once a booking comes in, we send an email to the, to them just telling them, thank you for staying with us and that we'll get back to them. You know, within the week before their stay, with the details, we usually don't go blasting out the uh, property address. At that, if it's three or four months out, we figure that's really not relevant at this time. They know roughly where the property is. They've seen the photos, and then the week before, we'll send them the details on here's where the property is. And there's we put key boxes on the doors, and we rotate the codes on those key boxes as people check in and out. And then we also uh, we also have rekeyable door locks. And we periodically, especially, you know, either every 
so often or certainly after big events where we feel like there's a good chance that a key was was taken, then we'll just go ahead and do a rekey and rotate just to make it a little more secure. It's a great idea. Great idea. Something I yeah. would never have thought of, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And I know I know they have new things. Have you used any of like the new like Deadbolt that have like the smartphone connection and you can like change the code right there for people? I've I've tried that. Um, we 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 play with them a little bit. Obviously, they're a little expensive. Yeah. Uh, and the other problem with them is a lot of times the the mechanisms are a little weak. So if your door is not perfectly aligned, then it it tends to jam. Or our biggest fear and the reason we didn't go that route is. We had this fear that we'd be in another state and we'd have everything set up and ready to go and they'd have the code and the battery would die. Yep, yep. You know, so that's, that's true. But the other thing we do that that I'll, I'll throw in as a little recommendation is we kind of a mix of uh, we do have the thermostats. We we started with the Nest and now we're moving over to Honeywell just because we can run more thermostats uh, without on a single account. Nest has a silly little limitation of four thermostats and two addresses on per account. So you, oh, interesting, interesting. You have to log in and out every time and set up multiple accounts. And if you're using it via your smartphone, it's kind of a hassle, but you can do 30 with uh, Honeywell. So uh, it's really nice because if someone checks out and, we, and we're not going to be around for three or four days, we don't have to worry that they either left the AC on freezing cold or the heat on really high. And the ability to just quickly pull up your phone and, and dial the, the thermostat can be a big money saver. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Scott, how do you alleviate the fears of people who, um, you know, are maybe inexperienced at doing the vacation rentals from the renter side? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll take, for example, I know the first time that I was going to go and do it, I was going across country and all of a sudden, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to fly, I'm going to get the rental car, I'm going to show up and I'm not going to be able to get a key from this guy. I, you know, what if this guy is kind of bamboozling me? You know, you go to a hotel, you know. It's the hotel chain's reputation. Obviously, they try to build that into these websites. But you know, is there anything more than just kind of building up a really solid reputation to to get past that? Because I I know that other people probably face the same thing. So you're speaking from a renter side, right, George? Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. George is fine too. You could call me. George that. is fine. Good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think that your your ranking and your presence online is is really a big deal. Uh, we're very reachable as well. You can call us and talk to us. Um, it would be a pretty it'd be a pretty complicated endeavor to to craft a profile on one of these sites with 28 reviews all for the purpose of taking a couple thousand dollars from somebody. I mean, it's, it's in the same way that with eBay, you, you, you buy something and, and you look at their stars and you assume that when you pay them, they're going to mail it to you. So yeah. um, I think that's what the trust is created. Gotcha. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, what about when they move out, you got the cleaning crew to come in, right? You don't do the cleaning yourself, correct? That's correct. So, how, how do you find somebody to do the cleaning? Who do you who do you use, and how should people go about that? Oh, we found someone who was just a referral who was doing cleaning work for another vacation rental uh, owner, and we went ahead and added our properties to their portfolio. We just knew that they were reliable and that they had a vacation rental mindset. My my wife does most of day to day operations, and and she fortunately is is. Uh, somewhat OCD. So it's a really good fit for, (laughs) (laughs) for the vacation rental business. So the houses, and this is the difference between, you know, just cleaning your own house or just cleaning a house or, or even make doing a make ready on a, on a long terminal. When people show up, they expect it to be hotel clean. So, and everything needs to be in its place and uh, uh, it needs to feel like that experience. So it's, it's fine to have, you know, you want to depersonalize the house a little bit. You, you know, you, you want it to feel a little bit more like a hotel. Uh, I'd recommend that if, you know, if you have a closet, you can throw a deadbolt on and, and move all your personal stuff in there. That's great. Um, another thing that we do is, is uh, all the houses, we have uh, all white sheets and linens separate. So when we, if it's a house we were living in, we would strip all the linens off and throw them into storage. And then we'd bring out all the, the sheets that were for, for the rentals. And, and the nice thing about using all white is you can, you can bleach them every time and make sure everything's, you know, as clean as possible. Do you, do you carry a blue light when you rent out your house? <laughs> I mean, that would be another fear of mine. I'm a germaphobe, man. You don't use the same sheets. That's, that's why. That's it. It's more than just sheets, man. People are nasty. <laughs> there are some dogs out there. So, you know. 
Kitchen right. table. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so let, let me ask you this, uh, Scott. How much does it usually cost to transition like in between? Uh, like, What does that cleaner cost you uh, to go in and get a unit rent ready again? I'd say about a, about $100. I mean, 80 for a two-bedroom and 100 to 125 for a three or four bedroom. And do you charge the tenant, like the person that stays there? Because I know when I've stayed in an Airbnb, they charge me like a $100 cleaning fee or something. That's correct. Yeah, we everyone's charged uh, for the cleaning fee and then the taxes if we're collecting and we charge them if they're staying longer than a month or not. So those would be the the only two line items other than the actual rental stay. Okay. Okay. Um cool. Uh we're almost almost moving on here, but kind of my last kind of wrap up question maybe is I mean, do you have any other final tips for people looking to get started with vacation rentals? I mean, where anything you've got written down that you wanted to make sure you covered in the show about vacation rentals? One other thing I, I would say when you're when it comes to to time to acquire a vacation rental, if if it's not someplace you already live and you're and you're thinking of getting in this business, is I would always consider a plan B. In other words, we try and buy properties that can rent long term for enough to cover the payment, or we look at properties that could potentially be used as a as a flip or or some other exit strategy. The, the issue I have with and, and the risk involved with uh, vacation rentals in a, in a town that has regulations or even when it doesn't is it's, it's a regulated environment. So there's always the chance that in like a New York situation or an Austin situation that the, the winds of change blow and someone says, you know what, that's just not what we want here anymore. And in that case, you, it's always a good idea to buy it with the idea of, OK, well, if that happens, then I'll just go do this. Yeah, that's a great idea. Really, I lo- really good advice. I, I especially like the idea you, that you said about, um, you know, potentially use as a flip. I mean, so kind of like formulating in my head right now a plan how I want my life to go. Here, you guys, you heard it here first. Here's how I want my life to go. I'm going to buy uh, like crappy looking houses that are in good locations, right? I'm going to fix them up. Then I'm going to turn them into a vacation rental. Now they've got built-in equity into them. I also bought them with the intent that they will cash flow uh, if I had to rent it long-term. And then bought it in a good area in a good market. Therefore, you get appreciation as well. So now you're taking advantage of like five different types of well, investment right there, right? What What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, the 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 big thing there, and the the great opportunity you have with a with a vacation rental is you don't have leases that for, that stop you from selling it to an owner occupant. It's always ready to sell, and not only is yeah. it always ready to sell, it always looks great. Yeah, because you're point. you're. You're in there every week. You're you're touching things up. You're making it look beautiful. You have professional photos. And not only can you, if the market suddenly feels like now's the time or you're in a situation where you think, you know what, I really need this to be sold or I need the money, you can pull that trigger on on a moment's notice and you can rent the property up until the day of closing. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love that's it. That's great. Yeah, that's I, great. I definitely hope to get into vacation rentals. I mean, that's why I wanted to get you on the show because I use this as my own personal, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, selfish interview. Reason. Selfish. This reasons. is my pathetic. This is life. my yeah. This is my how, co-host. <laughs> this is how he takes advantage of his position of power. Wow, you are a that's, horrible person. That is how I roll. All right, moving on to the world famous fire round, sponsored by. 99designs. Uh, 99designs is the world's largest graphic design marketplace that makes it easy to get a design like a company logo, a website, a t-shirt that you'll love and you'll get your brand out to your community. So just go to the website, tell them about the design you want, pick a price package, you'll get multiple designers to compete for your business and best of all, you get to pick the best design. So visit 99designs.com slash biggerpockets and get a $99 upgrade of services for free. So again, check it out at 99designs.com slash biggerpockets. Good stuff. Right on, right on. And big thanks to 99designs. We're big fans of theirs. Yes, we are. All right. Awesome. And now, the fire round. It's time for the fire round. Fire round. These questions uh, come straight from the Bigger Pockets forums, which I know you're active on. So let's see. Uh, number one. Do you know where a person can find the data on local markets related to vacation rentals, uh, such as rents or number of units in an area, vacancy rates? Like, how does somebody do that research? You really have to do it through the uh, the big three sites. Honestly, I w- I would look to see who in the neighborhood that you live in is renting, what they're renting for, and I would pull up their calendars and and see how full those calendars are, and that'll give you a feel for 
what the uh, what the nightly, nightly rental rates look like, and and you can extrapolate that and do a, a one year plan just by estimating what your occupancy will be. I love Great it. Great idea. Yeah, that's really awesome. Cool. What number of weeks do you rent your vacation rental out for? Uh, what kind of vacancy rate are you finding? So across the board, you know, wh- what's your average? Let's say on a typical month, how many days do you have your units uh, filled? We have, you know, we have some seasonality here, but over the course of a year, we're between 200 and 250 nights. How does that fare compared to a typical hotel? Lower. That is lower than a typical hotel. I believe it is. I mean, it depends on your market. I mean, we see hotel occupancies uh, in, the, in the 80s okay. in Austin. So I think it just depends on what hotel and what city. Okay. Gotcha. Great. All right, next question. Is it possible to get started investing in vacation rentals in the under 100K price range? Like if you want to buy, you don't have a lot of money to get started, you, got, you want to buy a $100,000 property. Is it possible to get started in, in your niche? It would be, I don't know how to do it in, in Austin, but, but Austin's a little more expensive than many towns. So I think it would depend on the city. Uh, I think you could also look in to maybe a one bedroom condo. Condos are really, uh, can be inexpensive to acquire and located in the core of town. The one caveat there, once again, is before you uh, get too far down the road on the purchase, be sure and check the condo rules and regulations regarding short term rental. Yeah. I stayed yeah, in that's- a- I stayed in a short-term rental one time that was a condo and there was like this weird, like, don't tell the neighbors that you're renting here. You know, you're just a friend staying here. Like it was really like weird because they clearly weren't supposed to have vacation rentals there and we didn't know that till we got there, but nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. All All right. right. Uh, My last question is, you know, we, we kind of covered this already, but you know, where, where should, where should I look for a vacation rental? What would you say, you know, if, if you're somebody generically saying, Hey, you know what? I want to get into the space. What would I do? I would go ahead and search to see what exists in your, in your city. I would throw it on a map and see where the density occurs. And then I would overlay that with sale prices and try and find that point at which you're still in the circle of vacation rental properties, but where the price is starting to decline is from a dollars per square foot. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Love Great. It. All right, moving on to the world famous. Famous four. All right, the famous four. I'm going to throw these at you. Number one, what is your favorite real estate book? Uh, Rich Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Good choice. There you go. All right, Rich business dad. book. Four hour work week. Nice. All right. Good choice. All hey, right. Let me ask you this question. We, we're, supposed, we're supposed to expand on this. Why? I, well, but, well, Why? You know, I'm, I'm not even going to expand. I'm going he, he picked two of the well, books. It's a good that thing have been I didn't ask you. Forty-eight times. It's a good by thing other I didn't. It's a good thing I didn't. You're not the guest. Isn't that give right? me another book. Give that me right, another dude. book you like besides those. I'm, I'm <laughs> hostile today, boy. I'm sorry, Scott. It's Brandon's fault. I was the one dealing with customer service, trying to get my cable upgraded. Man, what a pain. Anyway. That's a different story. Scott. So you did, me- you did mention it on the show. <laughs> I didn't say their name, all right? That's that. I had cable, and their name rhymes with... <laughs> right, Scott. Um, Scott. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Scott. So, okay, uh, what, about, what about those two books stood out to you? Honestly, um, both those books just... I read them at a time where I was transitioning into the business, and I think that they just became kind of a jumping off point for everything else I read. Yeah. You know, you, you go out, you talk to people and they, you ask them, where should I start? And uh, the 4-Hour uh, the Work Week just, that was really the first, that, that was the very first one before I even got into real estate and someone handed it to me and uh, I started reading it and it just opened my eyes to the fact that, that there's another way to, to kind of take control and I, and I think it made me uh, value my time more and, and be much more strategic about, you know, my, as I say, ROT, my return on time, as well as ROI, you know, on my investments. That's great. Yeah, love That's it. Great. That you you, you described it the same way that I describe both those books. I say that all the time is that they hit, like they hit me at just the right point where I was like moving that direction. And like, I didn't have words to define what I was feeling and thinking. And when I read that all of a sudden, you know, I, it, it occurred, you know, I don't know, it put words to what I was feeling inside. So I love it for those reasons. I both agree. All right. Good, good choices. Yeah. Good choices. <laughs> Yeah, you know. All right. What sets apart successful? That's your question. Why am I even no, reading this? I don't know. Hobbies. I don't know why I even have to refer to notes. I don't know why you look at your notes either. You've done this uh, a couple times. A few times. Hi, man. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> hobbies. What uh, What do you do for fun, my friend? 
for fun. Uh, I Besides we, mountain bike across the Rockies, right. we get it. You know, again, that's, don't have to go back to that. That's pretty much it. We load up the uh, we load up the, the the running shoes and the mountain bikes and the road bikes and the RV, and we'll take them out for the weekend and uh, we'll do some riding. And uh, usually in the summer, when it gets really hot here in Austin, we'll try and get all the vacation rentals on longer term bookings, and then head on up uh, closer to where you guys live. Nice. Oh, that's great. Cool, man. Very Sounds cool. great. All right, uh, my last question then for the day. Scott, what do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Obviously, uh, persistence is a big part of it, but also I think that persistence and patience, if, if I can put those both two together. I mean, we, when we first started thinking about doing this, we, we looked at 20 or 30 different properties over three or four months, and it was just driving us crazy to not buy anything. And But when we finally realized what it was we were looking for and we found it, we were able to move quickly to, to make that move. It, you know, the other thing I would say is that we started in long-term rentals because we felt like it was safe and we understood it and it was a great place to start. So, you know, my personal philosophy is, you know, do what you know and, and stretch yourself a little bit. And once you get that figured out, then go ahead and throw something new in, into the challenge so that you can keep growing, but growing progressively. Uh, if you if you stretch yourself too far in the very beginning, you risk uh, uh, setting yourself back financially, you know, quite a bit. So I would say get out there, write some offers, but before you write the offers, really learn your market and and pick a segment that you want to become really uh, educated on. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah, fantastic. Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find out more about you? They can find me at www.realtystake.com, R-E-A-L-T-Y-S-T-A-K-E.com. And you're also active on Bigger Pockets, so they can catch you up on there. Of course, on Bigger Pockets. Please connect. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And this is show 114 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And anybody listening could check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 114. Scott, thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Learn lots of stuff. And uh, good luck to, to you going forward with your rentals. If you've got anything really cool, by the way, uh, by Disney, maybe, or <laughs> you know, just let me know. Hit me up if you want to kind of you know help a brother out. I'm I'm down. So now Will look do. look at who's using the podcast I, for his you own know, personal I never, game. I never, I never do it. Yeah, Come on. yeah, whatever. All right, we're getting out of here. Scott, thank you so much. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, guys, that was Scott Sutherland. Big thanks to Scott for coming on the show. Lots of cool information about vacation rentals, man. I need to go on vacation and pick up some vacation rentals. You do. I, I need to go on vacation and pick up some vacation rentals. Let's do it right Let's now. It. Where are we going? Where are you buying? I, I, I would choose Orlando for a shot. That's my, that's my first pick. You're going to fly me to Orlando. No, you guys well. heard it live <laughs> on the show. Brandon is taking Josh, his wife, and three kids down to Orlando. That, Not only that, but he's paying for our passes to Disneyland. I'm what a, nice a generous guy. guy. I, I'm a nice Un- guy. Unbelievable. I'm a, nice, I'm a nice guy. How do yeah. I find guys like you to work for me, man? It's amazing. I do not know. I do not know. Thank but, you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. It's so sweet. So All right. Raise your hand if you think Josh. Just kidding. All right, moving on. Moving on. Let's get out of here. Wrap this thing up. All right, guys. Thanks for being a part of Bigger Pockets. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your listenership. If you love us or if you hate us, you know what? Only do this if you love us. But <laughs> listen, we'd love your reviews. We'd love your ratings on iTunes. It helps spread the word. So go to iTunes, look for the Bigger Pockets podcast, and leave some feedback. Again, that's really helpful for spreading the word about what we're doing here on Bigger Pockets and on the Bigger Pockets podcast. Otherwise, if you do not yet have an account on biggerpockets.com, get out there, set one up, make it happen, join the site, engage, connect, link up with people, and build your business. That's it. That's what I got for you. Thanks so much. Hopefully, I'll have a vacation one of these days, a real one. Come on, Brandon. Orlando, I'm holding you to it. All right. All right. We're going. All right, listeners, raise your hand if you think this was... (laughs) The worst outro ever. Uh, I don't hear any hands. Yeah, I don't either. Thank goodness. Oh, All right. All, All right, right, guys. I'm Josh Dorkin, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from biggerpockets.com. 
your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.